0: Hello and welcome to the Spirit World Center. Today we're recording another entry in our Spirits and Seekers series and I am joined by Sarah Wolf. Uh, Sarah is a quantum healer, a sound healer, and also a podcast host of her own excellent podcast. Um, Sarah, can you uh, tell us something about yourself, your, your spiritual path, your origin story, who you are? Uh, I really hand over the reins to you.
1: Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me on. My my spiritual journey, actually, when I can pinpoint it, it started at three years old. And I I remember a lot of stuff since I can remember dreams back since I was two years old. But when I really started, like um, I was raised Catholic. And when we would go to church and certain teachings would happen, I would come home and they, they they weren't resonating with me. So already at three years old, I was like, I, this doesn't seem right. I don't I don't really believe this. And I actually, it all kind of started when I had a thought about death. my my rabbit at the time got eaten by a dog in front of me. and it was really horrible, but I started pondering life and death. and I had this moment where it was like, myself as Sarah Wolf will, if when I die, I will never exist again, ever. Like this is it. This is the only like, like once I'm done, I'm done. Right. And this big fear washed over my entire body. And anytime in my younger childhood, when I would tap into that again, it was so overwhelming and it was so much fear. And that, that thought, propelled me in one way that I wasn't going to like, let this life just like fly by. I was going to like be, do something meaningful in this life. And then I felt like my life there, I had to like leave a mark or there was a bigger purpose. And then in the other way, because I started having thoughts that were contradictory to the Catholic church, it made me that feel horrible about myself for a very long time um, until I started, when I got older, I'm from Minnesota. So, and I'm about to be 42. So I'm in, you know, grew up 80s, 90s, and there wasn't the internet yet. There wasn't a bunch of, things, you know, I, I in Minnesota, it's, there's not a lot of spiritual stuff there. So it's mostly like religious based. And um, I had no one to talk to and different things would happen in my life. And I would just, I, I could tell um, people didn't see things like I saw them, I thought differently than the children that I was around. I, even with adults, I was like, I I could see that they they didn't understand the things that I understood. So I kind of spent a lot of time alone with like these thoughts and, and different, what we were speaking earlier of synchronicities happening and predicting things and having dreams that then would come true, um, being able to read people's thoughts, being able to feel people's feelings but I was completely in the dark. I had no, no one to turn to no one that was talking about it, that I knew of. And, um, I kind of started getting into astrology, not too much when I was in my teens. And there was this one day I was in a borders bookstore that no longer I think exists anywhere. And it was, this was in the mall of America in Minnesota. And I was standing Looking at tarot cards, right? Because I was like, you know, just anything, anything that was like, you know, occulty or esoteric or anything I was just naturally drawn to. And this lady appears out of nowhere and she had short, bobbed black hair. And she goes, she comes up to me and she goes, just be careful. Those are almighty cards. And I was about 14. And I was like, okay and then she legitimately just disappeared like i even came out of the aisle and like looked around and she was completely gone so i just like left the tarot cards on the shelf i was like okay maybe that was like i'm not supposed to you know go down that path yet um and it wasn't until i moved to los angeles when i was 20 that i started because this is such an open city and there's there's people and things everywhere that then i actually just started finding my people and one of the biggest um catalyst to my journey was I was at a Barnes and Noble one day and I was, I would always walk up and down like the, what do they even call? I don't even know what they call that aisle anymore now with all the, you know, the spiritual books and stuff, but um, they used to call it, they've changed the names of it now, but I would always walk up and down the aisle. And one day I was drawn to Doreen Virtue and her first uh, autobiography book, which was The Lightworker's Way. And so I bought the book that day and I started reading it and it was just like, like, oh my gosh, someone's actually talking about like everything that I've been experiencing. And, and it just like blew my mind open that, oh, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. And it just, that's what really catapulted me. This was probably 2000 and I would say four that this really started catapulting me on my spiritual journey because I actually then had a path to start following and I started following her work that led me to other people's work. And, and then the journey just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, I also denounced my, and denied my calling to spirit for a very long time too. I came to LA to be an actress and I'm going to be in movies, (laughs) even though my, my intention with it was to, to raise consciousness through that medium um, finding out they don't, that's not really how it works here <laughs> at all. And so I just kept following my path. And then I, I finally, it was actually 2019 spirit told me that I needed to, um, I would just quietly study things and have things happen. But spirit told me I needed to take a bigger stance in my work and really start, uh, healing people and, um, I was giving workshops at the beginning of 2020 before everything shut down. My podcast was born in uh, January, 2020 as well too. I really focus on helping bridge the gap for people when they're having the, when they're starting their spiritual path. Now I've kind of expanded it to having stuff about people who understand more. Um, but I've, I've found that I've always been that person that um, I help people who are curious to start leading them on a path to learn more and and kind of bridge that gap of like it's not as scary or like you know demystifying different things that it, that's out there. Um so that's kind of my my in a nutshell spiritual journey and then yeah then we then we wow. can layer that into to actual experiences but that's kind of like how I got to where I am now.
0: It's fantastic and When you picked up that first book by Doreen Virtue, um, what were the experiences that you had had in your life that you saw resonated with what she was talking about? So at that snapshot in your life.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to remember because it was so long ago now that I read that book. I'm trying to remember. I think then she she talked about a lot in that book of basically like really heavy hits of intuition that when I was younger, I didn't know what to call them. So I'd call them my lightning bolts. Like I would get bits of information about people and things and stuff that was happening and i didn't know what it was and i don't even think i even knew it was called intuition um i didn't know where it was coming from i didn't know what it was but like for instance i had this boyfriend when i was like 16 17 i was we were on and off from like 16 to 19 and i could i literally knew he cheated on me and i i would know exactly who he cheated on me with I knew exactly who she looked like. I knew exactly what her name was. Sometimes I would dream it or it would be lightning bolts. And in some ways is like horrible that relationship was. He was like my big training (laughs) because he wasn't an honest person to me to actually understand and like work my intuition because I could like go through the lies and the different things and and pick out like, and, and he was cool enough in a weird way that like, if I said it to him, he would actually just admit it. So like, it was like some weird backwards, like thanks spirit. some like backwards way of like spiritual intuition training.
0: That is some interesting training. I gotta say. Yeah. 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 It's like, be careful what you wish for. Right. Totally. Do you you want know this stuff or wow. Okay. And was that kind of lightning bolt happening throughout your life and various other parts of your life? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's, it's, it's still, I mean, it still happens. And for a long time before I really um, exercised my intuition and really started understanding it, I would get things about people that it would come to me in the form of questions, like thoughts and questions. Like, I wonder how, Mm -hmm. and it would be random. Like, I wonder how Johnny's brother is doing. And I wonder how he's doing about. XYZ, And then Johnny, Johnny is made a person, but just for example, Johnny would call me and be like, Hey, you know, what's crazy is my brother, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Oh, I know. But, but like, I knew, but I didn't knew, you know, like, no, like it, I ha- I just thought about, you know, your brother who I don't really know or am not emotionally invested in life with, but yeah, I got a whole like bit of information about him and what he's doing. So for a long time, it would come to me that way until I really started understanding what that was. And then I, I started strengthening that muscle and, um, and then it's, it's, it's more direct now.
0: Right. And how did you go about strengthening that muscle? So you had that raw potential and you.
1: Yeah. Um, so through during the community, adoring virtue, I actually in 2000, I think it was 2008, I went to Hawaii and that was a big turning point for me. It was, 500 like spiritual psychic light worker people from all around the world going to spend a week in Hawaii together and studying with her. Um, And through that, I met a guy who was local here in LA um, who worked with her for a long time. And he would do once a month um, in Los Angeles, he would have meetups that he called intuition gym. So there was a core group of us that would some people would come in and out, but there was always a core that we would show up every month together. And he would take us through techniques where we would work around the room and we'd sit in a circle and work our intuition together on different ways. He would lead us through different meditations. And then we would um, basically each person would say one thing that they wanted to receive information about. And we would just all collectively like go into a prayer, into that for that person and sit with ourselves um, and then just give the information that came through if it was pictures, if it words, songs. And the through that, we were never meant to, um, we're just supposed to give the information. We weren't supposed to go deeper into what the meaning was. And then that person could take that information and share how that, and it was, it was really interesting after we started working together for a really long time that we would, people would have similar things for that person. We started really like becoming like a collective mind in a sense, and the information would just get stronger and stronger and a lot more similar and like more rounded out as we continued to work with each other
0: wonderful and in that kind of setting i'm sure that you were learning to trust your intuition and at the same time though that's interesting that group mind of the you know the egregore of the group being created that that's getting these hits
1: do you yeah. feel like it
0: was kind of like you were moving with each other's energy or like was it uh, um, just this kind of multiplier effect because there were more than one of you
1: i think like i think like we just, cause I've had this in other settings, spiritual settings too, where we all just kind of tap into the same wavelength in a sense, or like, yeah, I don't even know, I don't even know what, I never really thought about it, you know, in in question form like that. Cause I just, as I became stronger in my intuition and the more I started surrounding myself around people who really understood their gifts, the quicker, I have a group that I hang out with in Joshua Tree and we are just so like telepathic and every, all the synchronicities always happen. Like for instance, um, when was it? It was last, it was last year around Christmas time, I believe, I don't remember exactly when, but we we were doing, one of the people in the group were Jewish and wanted to share a, a Jewish tradition with us And so we, the, it's these, the females like line up and light these candles and there's 10 candles and we needed 10 females and we had nine and we're like, oh, we need one more female. And then at that moment, the door opened and our 10th female walked in, like just really. And, and, and when we're all together, it's that quick. We want something, we say it out loud and it happens, or we think something and we're all there or. We have a, we're doing a meditation and we come out of it and we talk about it and we all like went to the same place. So I actually, I don't, at the end of the day, know exactly what that is. And unless you know what that is, I have never really actually thought about it in those terms.
0: There's many possibilities, you know, when that kind of thing happens, absolutely one person's connection can really kind of tap into another person's connection. You can absolutely have that multiplier effect. That's, you know, I think that's exactly what you're finding when a group like that, like you say, in Joshua tree is able to get together and have that working relationship. They can start doing amazing things. I'm reminded, um, I'm reminded of uh, what was called the Philip experiment. And it was uh, paranormal, paranormal researchers in Toronto in the seventies. And they got this seance group together, and instead of calling upon a kind of spirit or something, they, uh, they created this false identity called Philip, and he was the Scottish lord, and they gave him this tragic backstory and everything. But what the group started doing was working together to contact Philip, and it became something called a, a topa, where it was, the, it was actually starting to interact back with them and they started getting raps on the table like you know knocks and they started you know apparently the table chased one lady around the around the room so they were getting a lot of love feedback from this but it was kind of this group energy once again that can come together and manifest some very interesting things and it sounds like it was manifesting synchronicities for you
1: yeah and that i have that a lot now i have that a lot with with people um when I really tap into people and, and form like a deeper uh, bond of friendship or a relationship, I, I really start like, if they're thinking about something, I see what they're thinking about. If they're upset and crying, I'll start crying out of nowhere and I'll know exactly who's crying. And that's been, that's been a crazy thing. Cause that being extremely empathic too. my journey has led me down trying to figure that out for a long time with not understanding growing up, why I'm feeling things that are not mine, you know, and how to deal with that. And unfortunately, when I was younger, I drank a lot. That was my only way. Cause I had no one to teach me anything of how to deal with this overwhelming, um, energies, right. And going out into social settings and just being like, so bombarded, that was like my only tool. And, uh, since then I don't drink anymore and because I actually know how to work with it and it's interesting since I've you know cut that out and and allowed myself to feel all those things I can actually you know keep the energies I can see them and I could feel them but they don't harbor anymore they can just be with me and I can be like okay hi you know yeah okay and we're gonna go over there you know um, but I wouldn't know, like I would have other people's energies. Like it could take me out for like a couple days because it would be, so, I would just take it, you know, on so, so much. So,
0: so have you learned over time how to more strongly set boundaries so that you don't get overwhelmed by these things? Or is this still something that is quite, yeah,
1: palatable? um, I actually don't, I'm very careful, like careful. I don't really go into big crowds much. I've never mm-hmm. liked them and just honoring the fact that I don't like them, you know? Yeah. If it's something I really want to be a part of or I know, um, I like I won't walk into a bar anymore, like an actual bar. I just, I won't allow myself to be in that energy is as, as too much. Um, with people, like for instance, um, if I'm walking down my dog down the street and a neighbor comes up and just starts like unloading on me um, cause I would try different grounding techniques that people would give me and they wouldn't work. So I just tapped into spirit and I'm like, what can you show me something that will work with me? And it had, and they, they, they downloaded it to me one day I was on the street walking my dog and a neighbor comes and she's just got me locked in a very intense story of her life. And it was a long time. It's like 11 o'clock at night. And I'm thinking like, I really want to go to bed, but I'm going to hold space for her. And one, um, technique that they showed me was to, for people that can't see me, I don't know if you put this video anywhere, but, um, I'm holding my, I'm holding like two, uh, a space of like two feet in front of me. And, and I put like an energetic shield right in front of my heart in front of me, holding this container of two feet of space. Mm -hmm. And then then her then giving her like a little wall in a sense like an energetic wall so that her energy will just stop there but then the way I can describe it is then where the nurturing me will come in is it's almost like if let's just call them angel wings like wrapping around the container and holding her and holding the space but giving that that energetic room so that her energy doesn't come into me
0: I love that. So you are protecting yourself. You're setting that boundary. You're, you're setting your own protection, but mm-hmm. at the same time you have that additional part where you actually are nurturing them. I love that. That is, yeah. uh, that is and have, was it, was effective? Like, do you find uh, yeah. that's a powerful technique?
1: It, it's, it's worked really well for me. And now I use it a lot because I don't want to be rude and be like, you know, I've had people on the spiritual path. They're like, it's like, they're like, oh, I can't take this, you know, energy and don't call me with this or I can't believe, you know? And it's like, no, if I'm here to help heal people, you know what I mean? I need to find something that I'm not pushing people away or hiding in my house. How can I work with this? And, and if I'm here to hold space for people, then how can I do this without hurting myself? And since I was given that technique, it's worked wonders for me that I can show up for people that I don't need to like leave with everything, you know?
0: Right, right. Now that is, and so that's absolutely a good way to control that Empathic ability, because it sounds like you really are very sensitive to that. That is, uh, um, I'm sure that that has opened many doors for you, though, in terms of being able to help people, right? For instance, to, is it uh, now? Do you have like, is, do you have to be in close proximity for your empathic abilities, or can you do it at a distance as well?
1: No, I, it's it's yeah, I can. If especially if you're someone close into my life, you can be anywhere, and I I can, all feel things or tap into things or know. It's like, I don't, I've don't. i never been trained in remote viewing. So I'm, I can't speak of remote viewing of like um, how it might actually be done. I'm, I'm curious to learn. I know it will come on my path when it's ready, but if I need to see how someone's doing, I kind of say it's like my way of remote viewing. It could be the way they do it. It could be not, I'm not really sure. Cause like I said, I've never really like had someone explain exa- like the, the process of it, but I do tap into their field, right? and like kind of and I look in their field and I can see like kind of like vibrationally I would have to say that because I don't like see it like a full picture but I can I can feel their placement of where they are either in location wise or where they're where they're at like um emotionally or mentally and and I can check in on people like that just to be like, okay, they're good, you know? Or like, oh, I haven't heard from them. I'm gonna tap in real quick. Okay, they're great. Okay, they need time alone. Moving, you know, moving on. And then, and then they'll literally call me in a couple of days and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this just happened with my girlfriend and I a couple of days ago. And I was like, oh, I hadn't heard from you. And so I tapped into her and Spirit was like, she's really going through it, but she's okay. Like, she's fine. You don't need to reach out. Just don't text her. Don't call her, like leave her in her space. And then she called me the next day and she's like, I was going through it so badly. She's like, she was actually scared for herself. I reassured her that when I tapped in, spirit told me she was completely fine, even though it got a really intense, like dark night of the soul for her. Um, but I, they were very much, um, they were very vocal to, to, leave, to just leave it and, and not enter, not disrupt her in this, in this space, in the process. So, yeah, that's, I guess that would be my version of remote viewing in a sense.
0: Wow. Wow. I love it. And so you have all these sensitivities. Um, does anyone else in your family, or do you like know, um, off, often these kind of things run through generations and such? Anything like that in your family?
1: Yeah. I'm, I personally feel my father is more tapped in than he would ever care to admit and it tends to th- happen yep yeah he's very like conservative he's very like quiet and you know just does his routine in his life and when he worked his job before he retired you know he had a bologna sandwich every day for lunch and he did this at this time and that at that time and all this stuff but i'm such my father's daughter in so many ways and i i know he's very artistic and he now shows it in woodworking, but he used to paint when he was young. I paint. Um, I know my grandmother, his mom, she was very artistic. And I she died when I was 10 and I had a very strong bond to her. Um, I'm I'm wondering if there was more there than anyone will ever talk about, but because they're so Catholic, they stay really much in that box and won't budge out of things um but in my father's father's lineage so my last name is Lottie it's Finnish but my real last name is Kiwi Lottie and when my great-grandfather came from Finland to America he dropped the Kiwi part and for a I'm actually bringing that name back. So I'm going by Sarah Wolf Lottie. And eventually nice. when I feel like dealing with the government, I may or may not uh, change it legally. Um, but I never used to be able to feel my ancestors. Now these people would talk about, I'm basically I'm Italian, Slovenian and Finnish. So I don't have a lot going on. It's pretty condensed. Right. And on all sides of my family, no one ever talked about the lineage, right? And every great grandparent came over from either Slovenia, Italy or Finland. So they're there, this whole family lives that no one ever went back to or talked about of these families over in Europe right and. I couldn't feel them. And everyone would talk about ancestors, ancestors. them I'm like, yeah, 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 ancestors. I can't feel them. Like the same thing, I would try to tap in. And I'm like, I don't feel anything. I don't know where these people are. I don't understand, like, where I'm not feeling anything. So we have a family cabin in Northern Minnesota that my dad's father built when he was eight years old. And it's been in the family ever since. My dad's 70 something, maybe five or six at this point. I'm not really sure. I could do the math, but we're not gonna do that. Um and I was at our family cabin this summer and I was on a walk and I come back up to the driveway of the cabin and it says Lottie on the sign and then underneath my dad has Kiwi Lottie. And there was something when I walked up and saw this that sign this year that I got this message that I'm supposed to bring back the Kiwi part and I'm supposed to bring back being Kiwi Lottie. And I'm standing on the little driveway. And I'm, I'm looking at, and I'm like breathing into it and I'm feeling it. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, all of a sudden, like all these ancestors show up. And so I go down to the lake and I put on my swimsuit and I never go in the water after, past when the sun like is not high in the sky. And it was like now like five or six o'clock. And I just went and I stood in the water and I stood and just allowed all these ancestors and this whole lineage to come to me. And I, I just sat with them and it was just like this mind blowing channel. And I was like, oh my gosh, there you all are. And after that, I ended up like diving in the water and I did like kind of a sort of like honoring baptism to, to honor them and to bring them into my work and what I'm doing. And I know I'm, I'm the one to help heal the lineages of the ancestors and I've been doing the work, but I've been doing it blindly. And now I feel like I, I have, I can see them now to help do the work. And it's been really powerful.
0: That is wonderful. Wow. And uh, first off, your last name, it reminds me of, of mine. Uh, my, my, my father immigrated from Germany. And the, the last name was originally Schlingensiepen very long last name, like 24 letters. Yeah. And, and of course they took out just the last part. So it's just Lingen now, but they took out the, uh, they took out the Schla and the Sipen at the end. So, um, but I find that very interesting wow. that you, by, by kind of going by that older name, you've kind of connected with your ancestors. Um, how do you find that you're working with them now? Like, is this initiated a process of ancestral work for you?
1: Yeah, it's still like so new, this part, because this just happened in August. So um, especially like a lot that comes through when I'm doing my, so my quantum healing work that I do, uh, the way I can best describe it, it's like Reiki. I'm not schooled in Reiki, so I can't call it Reiki. I know a little bit about Reiki, but uh, I've, you know, it's with using, um, I use, crystals, uh, energy, sound, light, um, to bring it all together. And when I'm doing my one-on-one work or even, uh, doing sound baths for groups, I, I now feel them enter the space along with all everyone else that's always been with me, but like There's a new, there's a new group in town, right. Or they've been there hanging out like far back, like let's wait till she sees us, you know? Um, And the, I would have to say like the vibrations raised the, the work that I'm doing is become like so much more powerful. And there's people that will be either if they're getting a one-on-one or in getting the sound bass that they said, they feel like and I know there's there's many levels to it. It's their ancestors, it's my ancestors. People will actually even feel how full the room is because I call in a lot of stuff to do right. all the work. Um, people's hands will be moved. They'll feel like little fingers and hands are like touching them and working on them. Um, so I just feel like they're right now as I'm still gonna you know continue down this path of working with them. And because I'm understanding that they're there now. Um, I feel like there's just more assistance from what right now in the space.
0: Wow. wow, that's fantastic. And um, oh, that's so cool. You know it's amazing thing to connect with the ancestors and to bring them into our lives. it's It's something that we forget about in the modern age, right? Yeah. We're so we're so connected to our smartphones and all this other stuff of modern life that we just we don't remember you know where we came from and 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 that even though these are spiritual beings who probably have the most invested in us because we are their offspring right yeah we're we're their
1: legacy basically you know people talk us so much about building a legacy building a legacy and they want to do this external like their business or this or that it's like no building a proper legacy is continuing your bloodline you know and and surviving for your bloodline and That is like, that is the legacy. Like we are like their dream, right? Like we are what they hope, even if they didn't might have consciously knew it, but like, like what an honor and what a gift. Like, thank you to them for going through their hardships and doing what they did to let, allow us to be here and have this experience through their genealogy, really. Right? Exactly.
0: And one thing that strikes me too is that certain paths tend to get, you know, passed down intergenerationally. And so it makes me wonder, you know, if your father has sensitivities and if, you know, that line has sensitivities, you're probably not the first healer in that line as well. So I mean, you're probably have um have ancestors who have a lot of healing abilities joining you as well. So that, yeah, that must mean
1: that, yeah, that we were cut off from even communicating with them it's, we don't, you know what I mean? It, it would have been cool to like grow up and be like, yeah, you know, great grandma over there in, in Finland, she's, you know, a witch and she's been doing the things for how long I'm like, oh, cool. Like, let's go visit her, you know? Um, yeah, I've just been on this, like, it's just interesting that I'm, I'm, I'm going through their things on this solo journey, you know, but. Right. I mean, it all is what it is and it all, you know, comes to be of how it is, but yeah, it would have been really cool to, um, to know what that, letting, you know, cause like there's people out there like, I'm, you know, I'm a tarot reader or a psychic from the fifth generation of the, you know, and it's like, that would be cool if I could say that <laughs> I have no idea, you know? Wow.
0: And have you, um, do you feel that your ancestors need any kind of healing? Like, do you feel like they are coming to you for healing at all? Or is it more to empower you?
1: I, my grand, my dad's father, he has stood with me, he stands behind me on my left, and he's been with me my whole life. He died about two years before I was born. Hmm. And and he's the lineage now I feel the most. Um, he he definitely, when I, um, before the whole Kiwi Lottie thing happened, I was actually in Joshua Tree doing, uh, doing actually mush, in a mushroom ceremony. And that's what kind of pinged all of this off was he my friend, he we were just clearing each other at one point and he shifted my hips, right? And it felt like this big black block got broken off the side of me. And all this, it felt like this I don't want to say curse because I don't like to use that, but I would, I'll just say like a curse or something or this like heaviness. And it, like, right, right after it happened, I was like, I feel like that was my father's lineage, like something, we broke something, like we we like moved, we shifted something really deep. And, and like it was ancestral, it was on my father's side, it was on my father's side and like, I feel it, like I feel it was like my grandfather. And then the next day we were all sitting around decompressing, like sharing, you know, the different experiences and I started talking about that again. I'm like, I still feel really strongly that Santos, when you moved, when you moved and that broke off, like the room even got brighter after that happened, like everyone noticed they're like, oh my gosh, the room got brighter. And I'm like, I just feel like it's my grandfather. Like, I feel like it's the Kiwi Lottie lineage. And my friend walks inside and he comes up to give me a hug and he's like, hi, Sarah Bear. No one calls me Sarah Bear but my dad. And my dad doesn't even call me Sarah Bear anymore. An hour later, one of my girlfriends here in LA, out of nowhere, texts me and she goes, does anyone ever call you Sarah Bear? And I was like, you guys, seriously. I mean, we know that this happens, but come on. Every time like a, like a synchronous, syn- I tell people this, anytime like, something like that happens. I, to this day, and this has been happening my whole life, get just as giddy and like dumbfounded as like it's the first time every time. And I'll be like, no way, can you believe? And we're like, yeah, I know we can believe, but like it still makes me like so like a little kid, like I get so excited. And so to me, that was my grandfather coming through even more to the group and to us to, um, to really send signs that, Yes, you what you're feeling and what you felt and everything you're you know it that's happening is I'm communicating through them the only way cause I don't know you because he wasn't here is like the best way is to have everyone, you know, to go through my father of like everyone calling me Sarah bear. Um and then it was shortly after that that then I went to the cabin and then the thing, and then, you know, then you know, all the all the ancestors came,
0: Wow. Wow, definitely being initiated into it. And, you know, I love those types of synchronicities. I, sometimes I like to call them kind of confirmation events. It's like, you just know after that, that you're on the right path. And also Mm -hmm. that all this weirdness and woo and everything is real, right? I like to keep a list of them, you know a list of all my confirmation events. Cause then if you ever start to feel like, oh, what am I doing? Maybe this is nothing, you know, this is all in my head then just look at the list and say, okay, no those things are not possible just from pure coincidence. Like this has meaning, this has has been set up by the universe, right? Yeah,
1: and it always has meaning. And if anyone's like listening and you don't like feel like you, you have that, I just tell people start, just start paying attention to your life. People, it's just, it's really just about being observant and paying attention and being present for it. Because for me, it just started happening so young. And I knew that it wasn't, people weren't talking about it. I just started paying attention. So I'm just, it, my, mine is just, I'm so well aware of it and it happens all the time. Don't get me wrong. I do have lulls where it's like that, where it's not happening, like nothing, like where's the magic? Why aren't we having magic? Like, is it over? Was that it? It's like, so that's like a really good idea to start writing them down. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, I've been paying attention longer. That's all it is, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and same with my intuition. I've just I've just been paying attention longer and And being really aware of it and working with it, it, everybody has it. It's like just how much are you tapping into yourself? I, I really do I really do um, feel that humans, we are so much greater than we're led to believe, and we're so much greater than, you know those of us that have been walking the path and have been working different modalities and um different things than we even know. And I think our potential of what we can possibly do is like mind blowing. And unfortunately, like this like go, go, go society that we live in and all the distractions has taken us so far away from tapping into those gifts. And and I, I even have to say, religions and different, like, you know, different things that take people away from, from tuning in, trusting themselves and and hearing what spirit has to say or different things to kind of give you those nuggets, like, yeah, you're on the right path. Like keep following that, you know, or you're right where you're supposed to be, even if you don't feel like it and you have a beautiful synchronicity. Like to me, I always look at that as like, okay, yeah, like that's a mile marker. Like that's a little, you know, a ping point to like be like, yep, my girlfriend and I were walking this morning and I was talking about something and we we're in this neighborhood we don't normally walk in and it's raining. And I, I said something and she's like, oh my gosh, I just had deja vu. And that's for me, deja vu is just like confirmation. Like, you know, okay, cool. We're right where we're supposed to be. Great.
0: absolutely. We showed up
1: at this point that we contracted for ourselves to be right here on this day at this time. Great. I'm glad, glad to know today we're on the right path.
0: We're on the path. Exactly. Exactly. And one other thing that I find when it comes to like being able to listen to that intuition or finding those synchronicities is learning to trust yourself right learning Mm -hmm. to to turn off the the self-censorship and the 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 self-criticism that basically says ah that's just a coincidence or oh that's nothing or who are you to have any of these events happen Mm -hmm. or you know uh that's just silly right if you turn off that self that self-criticism it can open up so many different things right so yeah absolutely
1: and you might even find like you know do you You might be, you know, a lot of people that are, might be working jobs. They're not, you know, happy at or in lives that they're not happy at and they're, yeah, not tapping into their intuition. They're not allowing that voice to come through. They're not seeing these synchronicities that spirit's trying to show them like, Hey, over here, Hey, over here, Hey, over here, that once you start paying attention, you know, you, you might be led on a path that's really fulfilling for you. And that you might not have thought was possible, but the universe has it kind of planned for you. You just have to start following like the little breadcrumbs, you know, like, yeah, the little the little things like, oh, awakening here, you notice that, okay, that led you that, okay, now you're gonna trust that to go over here, to go over here. And then you're gonna trust to not go over there, you know, cause that, you know, spirit doesn't want you to go down that road right now. Cause yeah, you'll get to where you're going, but it's gonna take a little bit longer cause now we have to go deal with that.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. So what would then be one of the biggest events in your life where, you know, a huge synchronicity or a huge paranormal event, like what is something that has happened to you that just made you take a step back and say, whoa, (laughs) if any.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no. And I mean, there's so many, and there's so many, and like, we talked to a few before we got on here, um, that have, that have come in like many different forms, um, to just keep strengthening my path, I guess, and 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 keep following my own trail. Yeah. and it one when I was young, when I was about ten, um my 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 dad's mother had just passed away. And I had a dream that my cousin, he we were gonna go visit them for Christmas in Texas, and that he had died in a car accident. Mm. And then, two weeks later, I come home from dance class one night and I, my mom comes up to me and she's like, your cousin Johnny just passed away in a car accident. And I was like, oh, I know, weird. I just dreamt that, you know? Um, Then I was, many little things happened. But there was one, so that was like like showing the premonition of dreams to me. I was at Burning Man in 2004, and I was kind of saying what I was similarly saying just a few minutes ago that about our potential as human beings to someone. And I was telling my friend at the time, I said, you know, because they only tell us that we can only use a certain percentage of our brains. That's the only amount that we use because we were told that's all, that's all we can use. And I was telling him if we just told ourselves we could use more, we could do more and do cooler things. And I go, watch. And like, literally, I'm gonna tell you before I tell this part, I didn't know that this was gonna happen. And I didn't know I could do what I did. I go, but I was so confident. I was so aligned with what I was saying at the moment. I go, watch, I can turn off this light with my hand. And it was a battery powered lantern. And I put my hand over the top of it. And I was like, see? And my hand became really hot and all of a sudden the lamp turned off. And he was like, holy crap. And I was like, I didn't even know I was gonna do that. (laughs) I was like, whoa, yeah, that was my point, sure.
0: I find uh, the heat part of that interesting. So you, yeah, you literally was, did feel this, this heating I felt up. It was all,
1: like, it was almost like I pulled the heat of the light out of it and away from it. And we had to physically turn it back on by pressing the button for it to light up again. Wow! Um, there was another time in Hawaii that was actually during the whole Doring Virtue week that I was there studying with her. And we had a lunch break and a few of us got on a trolley, went down to the beach and the waves were just crashing in, crashing in and no one wanted to go in the water, but we only had like half an hour, but we all really wanted to swim. And I go, just wait, I'll make them stop. And I walked down to the edge of the water and I said, stop. And the waves legitimately, no one probably believes me ever, but I do have witnesses stopped. We got in, we swam around, we came back. Out. I turned back to the ocean, I said, thank you, as you were, and they just started crashing into the shore again.
0: Weirder things have happened, you know, right? one thing I've realized on my path, because I've seen so many weird things. And at the same time, I have um, so many students who I've been very fortunate to have them share their weird stuff with me as well. And one thing I know is that this world is a lot stranger and a lot more malleable and unpredictable than what we assume from this materialist you know, bias that we have. And, you know, that is absolutely fascinating. Now, in that situation, did you feel anything different? Like, was there, you know, for instance, with the lantern, you felt the heat, was there anything um, else about that experience that you can tell us with the waves? Or was it more kind of a command?
1: It was more of a command. It wasn't, there wasn't a, like anything in my body that um, happened or anything. It was, um, I do know there's a, I can't really explain it, but I do know there's this part of me that has a lot of energy and a lot of force. And the way I could explain it would be where it would reside in me if I tap into it is like kind of like around my heart that I always know if I'm in danger or I really want to do something and I need a lot of like force in a sense or commitment or strength is to work out of that parameter, and I can generate um, energy from that space to then, and then a lot of times I can do it even just with my voice. And that but it's it it, it resides there. Like I can feel that there. and then I put it where I need to, where I need to conduct it. Interesting. Um,
0: so it's the space, the space that's almost in your heart chakra or is that? Yeah. Like I would say in between
1: like the heart and the throat, like okay. starting below the heart and then maybe like up to kind of the throat chakra. And then like the, I guess like the sternum area is right. really where I feel that like really big force lives. Um, wow. And that's where I tap into if and when I ever need to, but I don't, I don't really operate from that space. much.
0: We are a lot more powerful than we uh, than we give ourselves credit for. You know, my partner, Lauva, um, if she gets upset about something, you know, oftentimes there might be an electronic malfunction or something like that. You know, it's like our, yeah. our emotional state and, and, and who we are, our consciousness can have such an effect on so many things that we are interacting with. Have you had any other kind of interactions like that with the reality around you, whether big or small?
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to, I just thought of something a minute ago and now it kind of fluttered away, but I did want to talk about, um, what we discussed earlier, which I'll bring up now about, um, where I had a more mediumship, uh, uh, incident where I was waiting tables at the time and I had this couple, I don't know. actually don't know their story. I don't know if they're actually together or close friends, these two males. I, I don't even know, right? And they when I started waiting on them, they really took to me quickly. And they like loved me so much that if they were gonna have dinner parties, they wanted me to come to their dinner parties. And if they now came to the restaurant, they would either call to make sure I was working or stop by if I wasn't working, they would leave. If I was working and they didn't make a reservation, they would wait till a table in my section opened up. And every time we talked, we talked about spiritual things. And um, I would joke about with them, you know, some nights like, yeah, you know, today I was just like floating in the ethers. And then I decided to come down here and come to work, you know, and um, so we kind of have spiritual talks, but not too deep. And then, um this was actually right before the pandemic and then the pandemic hit and everything shut down and and then i didn't work anymore and they started calling me to go walk in the hollywood hills with them they lived up there and i didn't live too far away so we would go walk the neighborhoods together and we got to know each other a little bit more but not not really like a lot right, right. and then we had plans one week to walk and um the guy's name was Luke. He he was the one I mostly com- uh, communicated with. His partner, David, was just a little bit kind of like shyer and just kind of, you know, hung out. And he told me he was too busy. He couldn't walk that day, but he was going to call me in a couple of days and we'd walk. And I never heard from him. And I did kind of remote view, but I didn't get a full anything happen. But I like, I was already picking up on something about him that he was not well. And I wasn't trusting enough in the medical intuition of me to to say anything or to really like, I just kind of like noted it, but didn't do anything with it. Um, He ended up passing away of a major heart attack. And him and David were walking up the stairs one night to go to bed. And he literally just fell backward, massive heart attack and left earth. And David, who his mom was spiritual. So he would go to different things with her growing up. So he's very aware and, and um, everything he called me after to tell me the news, but we ended up talking for a really long time. And he was talking about how just really gnarly it was of like, basically straddling two worlds in this world and helping uh, Luke go through to the other world and how, ha- and when he was telling me that night, I swear I was there like with them, like through, like I saw the whole scene happen and he's like, it was just very surreal that I, I was like bringing him to the other side. And then on my own personal life after that, I was like, well, that's weird. Like I barely got to know these people and what was like just having this moment of like well what was the point of that you know like i barely knew them like nothing really happened we like i waited on them a few times and then we went walking a few times and before we could really go that deep then he was gone right and then it was like a couple months later i was doing healings in the room that i'm sitting in now as my spare room and people would talk about someone kept leaving the room during the healing But then they're like, they could feel the room would fill up and then like, you know, the beings or whoever wanted to come in to do help with the healing, right? But they're like, someone would always leave. They're like, the minute you would say the opening prayer, someone would leave the room. And I have a voiceover booth in my, uh, in this space. And I was in there one day and all of a sudden out of nowhere, a very sturdy water bottle just fell over and water spilt everywhere. And I was like, okay, that's weird. And then one of my singing bowls just like dinged out of nowhere. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Um, And then I taught one of my friends a little bit of my healing so I could receive a healing. So I would make her come and like do a little bit of my healing. But I was telling her, I was like, don't worry, I'll like open up the space and call in the guides and do the protections and stuff. Then once I lay down, then you can just start doing the work, right? well, while I'm calling everything in, all of a sudden the, the spare bedroom door opened and shut. And again, I'm like, who is leaving? (laughs) Who is this person that's leaving? And clearly they don't, they don't want to be in this space when we're, when we're doing the healing or opening up all the, all the things. Right. And I was working with a shaman at that time. And so then I was like, well, I'm going to ask Susan, you know? So I was like, I don't, you know, I don't know what this is like, obviously someone's here, but And so she tuned in, she goes, oh, it's an older male in his fifties, gray hair. And I was like, Luke, it's Luke. I don't even know why I didn't think of that. It's Luke. So a girlfriend came over and we sat and called him in and we pendulumed questions with him. And I had her hold the pendulum just so there was like, you know, Mm Space, like, you know, I'm not, I just wanted it to be like space and just me focusing on the energy and the questions and her, you know, uh, work in the pendulum. Right. And basically what happened was he wanted me to, so a little backstory, he was married and still legally married Mm -hmm. and the wife wasn't happy about anything. She came to LA and took a bunch of stuff, kind of left the partner, or whatever, what I don't know their the whole story, kind of high and dry, and there was a lot of tension and just a lot of a lot of a lot of stuff. I don't even know the whole story. And so, anyway, Luke came to came, and what he was saying is that I was meant to reach out to David, and tell him that he loved him very much, and that he wants him to be happy, and he needs to live life even without him. And that he's there and he's with them. And and I was like, do you need me to tell anything to your kids? Do you need me to tell anything to anyone else? And he's like, no, I just need you to deliver that message to David. So later that night, I called him and I said, you know, Luke's been hanging out at my house (laughs) and he's been trying to get my attention and finally got it. And these are his messages. And it was really beautiful because David started crying and he's like, I really needed to hear that. And it was really powerful. And then, um after I got off the phone, I came back into my to my altar space. and I just i um I just asked Luke if he needed any more assistance. And I you know, I was like, you it's okay for you to leave my space now and for you to go on. and and then, honestly, things just stopped happening. and um and I haven't he hasn't came back since.
0: so do you feel like, they came into your life at that moment so that one you could have the experience of being that type of medium but two because what was going to happen to them was impending and it was important that they had that 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 venue existed to communicate with you
1: absolutely i wow. definitely feel like i was like chosen or t- contracted into into that whole that whole thing because then everything made sense of, you know, of how it all played out. Um, and, you know, and sometimes we just don't get the answer right away. Right. Like we have to yeah. see how it all unfolds. Um, but I, 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 to be honest, like I feel like I'm actually like feeling a little emotional about it. I haven't really been emotional about his passing since it's, it's like kind of hitting me today. Cause I kind of, I feel really honored yeah. to do that for and be there and be that for someone. And it's, it's really beautiful to see that, you know, we instantly started talking about spiritual things. Like it was just set up from the get-go. Right. And it, I love things like that. Those things light me up so much. And that when it just has this really divine purpose and it looks sideways. Right. But it's, it all really like has a lot more meaning, um, than we would, like I said, when, right, when he passed, I'm like, well, what was the point of that? You know? Um, It was like such a beautiful teaching on so many levels for me. And like I said, it was, it was really, really was an honor to, to be a part of that, that whole experience as tragic as it was, you know?
0: Does it make you want to explore more kind of, um, in shamanism, we call that kind of the psychopomp role. So communicating with the dead, but helping them pass over and then also like helping them heal and all this on their journey to the other side. Is that is that anything that you've ever um, experienced in any other ways in your life or uh, um, no, is this kind it, of the first? Yeah,
1: this is kind of the first one because I haven't actually... As of yet, have had a lot of death around me, actually. Um, I haven't really experienced a lot of death. Hmm. Um, I do want to help assist people because of my understanding so much more now of just how life, death, the whole thing uh, <laughs> works yeah. out. and, And, you know, this is just like that, that fear that I would have when I was a, when I was a really young child, I don't have that fear anymore. I don't look at it through that lens because I have so much more knowledge um, and understanding of, you know, really, we don't ever die. We're just in this form now having this experience and we're going to change forms and continue the experience. Um, I do want to... Do you, did, do you ever, did you ever like take any trainings through or follow, uh, Alberto Viodo, Viodo? I don't know how to say his name.
0: Uh, no, actually.
1: Okay. He's, uh, he's a shaman who's like more on the, he's pretty well known. He has a ton of books. Um, but he was really talking about that when, People, especially like let's say in the like more Christian realm, Passover, and they go and do the sign of the cross on on down their body. That they're actually not allowing the spirit to fully. um, They're actually locking the spirit more into the vessel than assisting them to move out of the vessel. So he does have a technique, which it might be the same technique. If you know, I don't. I don't know, um, of of really opening the chakras in a, in a way to allow them to exit properly. And that spoke to me because of just knowing how backwards our planet is and, um, how many things have been hijacked in a sense, or like mistaught or purposefully, um, rerouted mm. that, it kind of made me sad when I heard him talk about that, that people aren't dying properly. Right. And being able to exit properly and have it, you know, um, I haven't fully tapped into the teaching yet, but it's, it's something I have been really interested in because I i want to help people, you know, ease out properly. And I no longer fear it. So I feel like it's something I could definitely be an assistance to.
0: Yeah, I mean that type of practice is very prevalent. Um, for instance, in the Tibetan tradition, right? You will—it's um, suggested that you basically rub the top of the head at the moment after death in order to encourage the spirit to to leave the body, right? So it's not—it uh, doesn't stay attached. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, it's curious even within certain old traditions um gravestones in in certain ways were used uh within certain ancient traditions to control reincarnation and this type of thing so that you're kind of like placing a stone to keep the soul there until a time for a more fortuitous uh incarnation was available. So for instance, like until someone within your, uh, within your family or lineage, uh, was pregnant and that's like, okay, move the stone, (laughs) you know? So there's, there's a lot of interesting stuff within the spiritual milieu on that. So that's, that's interesting. That idea though, that's certainly, that's certainly curious. Um, yeah yeah it, it's it's a it's a really interesting part of of spiritual practice you know that psychopomp work helping the spirit pass over it's something that my partner Lauva does on a uh, daily basis big part of oh, wow. her shamanic practice she mm-hmm. uh, uh you know she's been doing uh she has a bit of an oath with the spirits where she does it like every day every day she can't miss a day and it's kind of her public service to uh to help out um but it's uh, it's a wonderful wonderful type of work And it's, it's kind of like, it's like hospice care for the soul, you know, it's, uh, it's quite something. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's definitely a process. Like, you know, when you're in transition, just in your waking life, right. It can be a process when you're in that, like, you know, you know, you're going through a death and a rebirth and, but you're in that, that little area can be very daunting. So I'm sure changing form, (laughs) has got to be a little difficult, right? Like there's gonna be a process there. So I feel like, yeah, the easiest to assist in that or to help people like, yeah, detach from this, like this is done. You can go on to the next thing, you know, it's okay.
0: Exactly.
1: We can can move on from this plane.
0: Well, you have shared many amazing encounters and experiences here. Uh, We're coming up on the hour, but is there anything that you would like to leave uh, any experience or any kind of message that you would like to leave our our listeners with?
1: I think I just want to like really like hammer in about about really trusting intuition since that was kind of like the theme of the show and um, just really giving yourself time to sit with yourself and and trusting what comes to you. And honoring your body and in, in, in really taking care of it because the more you take care of yourself, the more you'll open up to, to spirit and the world and to your gifts. If you're really working on opening your gifts is really um, having a clean vessel um, just by eating and what you're watching and what you're listening to and what you're finding yourself being a part of really will accelerate that connection And I think it's just, all of this is such a fun thing to play in. So like, just trust, trust the process and trust yourself in the information you're receiving and in in whatever form it comes to you, Um, whatever your clairs are, right? That you're, that of your strengths. So that, that would be my closing
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. And Sarah, how can people find you online? How can they find your various things, your social medias, your websites, yes. all that?
1: So um, Creatrix Culture is the name of the podcast. Um, Creatrix is a female creator. It's C-R-E-A-T-R-I-X and then culture. That is all the handles on social media. So at Creatrix Culture. And then if you want to go to my website, it is creatrixculture.love.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for being with us today. This has been a real pleasure. Thank really you. enjoyed hearing about your intuitive and mediumship and then and, and your journey here that especially how the ancestors have come into play recently. We'll have to do a follow-up at some point to see how the ancestors have played out in your life since yes, you started. Because it sounds that. new.
1: Yes. Because well, we who knows? It's so new, right?
0: And I'm <laughs> they sure they're waiting.
1: They're like, hey. Oh, wait, she sees us. Okay.
0: (laughs) I'm sure they're very, very excited to guide you into new things. But yeah, I think you're on to cool new horizons. Thank you so much for joining us. And you have a lovely day. Lots of love and light and take care.
1: Thank you too.